Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Old Lighthouse, casting historical light on current affairs. I'm Hannah, and I'm joined in the studio by Hallam and Alex. Today we're looking at an important part of social history in the making. There have been a flurry of news stories recently, but in particular referring to one from the Independent 20th of April, with the title, Male Contraceptive Pill Successfully Limits Flow Activity Without Side Effects, Scientists Find. Now, I will admit, it isn't the catchiest title, but it's been heralded as another step down the road of gender equality. This article outlines the results from recent studies that have been conducted on rhesus macaque monkeys, and these positive results have led scientists to set a tentative goal for the male pill to hit the market by 2020. The only real means of contraception for men at the moment are either condoms or vasectomies, and both come with major drawbacks. Condoms being a very temporary solution, and vasectomies being potentially permanent. Because of this, a lot of women still feel like the onus of taking contraceptive precautions fall on their shoulders, so this news story has sparked a lot of excitement. Mankind has been employing the use of contraceptive methods since the ancient Egyptians, and references to oiled linens in the bladders or intestines of animals being used as condoms are littered throughout history. The ancient Greeks even philosophised about the benefits of controlling population, following the reasoning that civilizations with increasing populations, and without the benefit of increasing resources, were doomed to ruin. Plato and Aristotle went so far as to recommend the abortion or abandonment of illegitimate children, or what he refers to as excess children which would impede one's lifestyle. There are also many examples of condom used by the Romans, but unlike the Greeks, condoms were mainly used for the prevention of disease, more so than as a form of birth control. When you consider that around 25 brothels have been unearthed in the city of Pompeii alone, this approach is not wholly surprising. But it was only as recently as the 60s, with the invention of the female contraceptive pill, that the social and political implications of proper family planning were fully realised. For the first time, women were given relative sexual freedom and the ability to choose. Before then, it was assumed that women would marry fairly young, have children, then stay at home to raise them whilst the husband went out to work. This was the perfect family unit, the ideal which underpinned public values, morality and decency. Because of this, there were a lot of people who opposed the pill as a threat to this norm. The main argument of this opposition was that it would lead women morally astray and induce promiscuity. But in reality, there was no shortage of married couples that were just interested in enjoying some child-free years. This debate over the right for women to choose not to have children was met with some subsequent landmark court cases. In Grimswald versus Connecticut, 1965, the Supreme Court of America struck down laws prohibiting contraception, but only for married couples. And it wasn't until 1972, in Einstein v. Baird, that the court officially established the right of unmarried individuals to obtain contraception. The pill in the UK followed a similar line to that of the US, where it was introduced on the NHS in 1961, and was originally only available to married women, but fortunately that only lasted until 1967. The increased use of contraception has also been a source of some religious conflict, and in 1968, Pope Paul VI reiterated the church's ban on the use of birth control. In spite of this, it's been estimated by Planned Parenthood that almost two-thirds of Catholic women in the United States were taking the pill by 1970. The pill faced further controversy in the 1970s when various health issues arose linked to its use. Instead of getting the pill banned again, as some members of the US government were trying to do, the pill was re-released with lower and safer doses of hormones. Women for years have been taking on multiple risks associated with the pill, such as deep vein thrombosis, increased risk of stroke, high blood pressure and breast cancer, all so they can maintain some control over their bodies. This new side-effect-free male pill could be the answer to some women's prayers, presenting an alternative method of birth control which doesn't adversely affect either party. In a survey taken in 1977, 70% of American men interviewed stated that they would use a male contraceptive pill, but only as long as it had no side effects, was reliable and on sale at a reasonable price, showing a general widespread acceptance of at least the concept of a male pill. 
The original complaints voiced by men when the possibility of a male pill became a reality and not merely an idea were of their reluctance to suffer from side effects. But now this alternative means has been found, which instead of relying on hormones, it merely impedes the ability of the sperm to swim. A recent article by Amanda Wilson, released earlier this year, however, implies that many men are still unwilling to use it, but for a brand new reason. Her results show that the main fear men have of this new pill is the effect it has on their sperm, and as such they're reluctant to engage in something they believe kills sperm cells. The general attitude expressed is that male pill is unnatural, whereas a female pill is just working alongside nature, ironically a complete contrast to the opinion of the female pill originally broadcasted in the 60s. So the jury is still out on whether society is actually ready to share equal responsibility over birth control, but only time will tell how this comes to fruition. It is now estimated that over 100 million women use the pill, and in 1993, The Economist magazine named the birth control pill one of the seven wonders of the modern world, saying, When the history of the 20th century is written, it may be seen as the first time when men and women were truly partners. What's interesting is that for the most part, this is the new sentiment being carried forward in the advent of the male contraceptive pill. Swap out 20th century for the 21st and the same thing applies, except now it's the men who've been given the ability to play an effective role in family planning. So, uh, do you guys have any questions? Yeah, I was just interested whether there was a backlash over the introduction of the pill by feminists in the 1960s at all. Yeah, what sort of concerns did they have, if, if any, about the introduction of the, the female pill? Yeah, well, um, obviously the creation of this pill was a brilliant thing, because you can then choose whether you want to sit down and have kids, but at the same time, it really affected um, the way that men perceived women. So they were now seen as this object that you could freely have sex with without any consequences. There was obviously a loosening of this concept of you have sex within a marriage. And so this obviously um, affected the feminist thinking where they didn't want to be viewed just as these playthings as such. And also with, uh, with the creation of this pill, it meant that a lot of responsibility was taken away from men. They felt they didn't have to, they didn't have this burden that women were then given. So yes, women had the right to choose effectively whether they had children, but it was also their responsibility to make sure that they were the ones taking the pill and taking precautions. Do you have any recommended reading, Hannah? Yes, um, I highly recommend um, a book very simply titled Contraception History by Robert Jute. Um, it's a very detailed but also very approachable overview. Um, it's very difficult to find completely up-to-date academic writings on the male contraceptive pill, but that gives you a very good general history of contraception as a whole. So that's all from us, and thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to download PDF transcripts of this episode, complete with references and citations, you can do so by going to our podcast homepage.